Hi, my name is Jonas from Danier Accounting. In this podcast, I'm going to talk about how the limited liability companies pay their tax and also talk a little about dividend and dividend tax for the owners. We made another podcast about the tax for sole proprietors, how they pay tax on their revenues. So this podcast here is only going to be about the limited liability companies. So in general, when we talk about limited liability companies, then there is a company tax, which in 2016 is 22%. In 2015, the company tax rate was 23.5%. So at the present 2016, the company tax is 22%. For the time being, it doesn't look like it's going to change. It looks like it's going to keep being 22% also in 2017. But sometimes the government changes the company tax rate. So when you listen to this podcast, it could have changed. But for the time being, it's 22%. It's important to understand that the tax is paid on the revenue. So it means that you have to take all your company sales and then subtract all the company costs, including depreciations and interest and everything. And the remaining amount, which is the either the revenue or the deficit will be taxed with 22% if it is a revenue. If there is a deficit, then naturally there is no tax to pay and the deficit can be postponed to the forthcoming years so that if you have, for instance, a deficit in year number one, let's say you have a deficit of 100,000 in 2016, then if you make a revenue in 2017 of 100,000, then you can offset the deficit that you had in the previous year in 2016 so that your taxable income in 2017 will be zero. So that's also an important information that you can move your deficits from a a previous year to the next year and then offset that in a possible revenue in the coming year. So if we look at the company tax, so like I said, the tax is 22%. And the way this tax is paid is that we have two times per year where you can pay a partial payment. And that payment naturally will be based upon an estimate The time that we pay these is on the 20th of March and the 20th of November. So the 20th of March and the 20th of November. These two payments are estimates. If you have a new limited liability company, then the first time you get this letter from the tax office, they will actually almost every time say zero kroner to pay because the tax office doesn't really know how much you're supposed to pay. So they will just send you a letter informing you that there is these partial payments in March and November, but they will not suggest anything because they don't know how much you're going to pay. So if you know already, let's say you're in January and you already know that you're going to have a revenue, then take the revenue, make an estimate for the whole year as precise as you can. After interest, after depreciation, take the revenue and then just take 22% of this revenue and then divide it with two. So that's going to be the payment you will do on the 20th of March, and then you will do a similar payment on the 20th of November. It doesn't matter if the amount is not precise because when the year is finished, then you need naturally to make an annual report and we also need to submit a tax declaration. And then in the following year, 
then you will have to pay the remaining tax or you could even get a refund if you pay too much in these two initial payments. If we look at the limited liability companies, they don't necessarily have to follow the calendar year. You are allowed to have a split year. So I'll try and describe a little how this works. So if you have a brand new limited liability company, you are allowed to have up to 18 months in your first fiscal year. So let's say that you started the company on the 1st of July 2016. Then you can decide that the first year should go from the 1st of July 2016 to the 31st of December 2017. So that's 18 months. You could also decide that you wanted the year to be 1st of July 2016 and then finish on the 31st of December 2016. So that's kind of up to you. But the maximum is 18 months in the first year. If you have 18 months in the first year, then naturally it gets a little more complicated in terms of the tax since you would in theory have a partly payment on the 20th of November the first year and then also in March and November the second year. But the most of the companies will not pay anything in November the first year, but then they would have these two payments in March and November the following year. When they do the tax declaration, then first the year has to finish. So if we still look at this year, that's 18 months, then we started on the 1st of July 2016. Then we finished the year on December 31st, 2017. Then at the moment, the tax declaration would have to be submitted on the 1st of September 2018. In the past, we had only six months to submit the tax statements, the tax declaration. But for the time being, it's been postponed so that we have until the 1st of September in the following year. It might change later. So it could be that when you listen to this podcast that we're back to normal, which would be six months after the fiscal year is ended. But for the time being, it looks like it's going to be 1st of September. So going back to the example with 18 months, if the fiscal year finishes on December 31st, 2017, then on the 1st of September, 2018, we need to submit the tax declaration. Then the tax office, they will calculate the actual tax. So the tax will, if we assume it's still 22%, it will be 22% plus some interest normally, if you need to pay some additional tax. That tax will be due on the 20th of November the same year. So that will be in 2018. So you will receive like an annual tax statement where you can see your revenue. So that will be the revenue from 1st of July 2016 to December 31st, 2017. And you can see how they take 22%. You can see how they add some interest for being late with the tax. If you are late, it could also be a refund, but I'm assuming that you have to pay. Then you can see the total company tax, and then you can see that they will offset those two payments you did in March and November if you paid anything. If you didn't pay anything, it will naturally just say zero. And then you can see the remaining tax to pay, and that tax will be due on the 20th of November 2018. So if you start a company in 2016 and you have a year end on December 31st, 2017. There is a very long time until you have to pay the tax. So that's at least something that's really nice to know if you have a new company. 
so that's what I can say about the, the companies that follows the calendar year. There's also companies that doesn't follow the calendar year. And in theory, you can decide whenever you want your fiscal year to end. Most companies do December 31st. I prefer that myself since it's easier to like have an overview of everything if it follows the year. But some people prefer having a year that ends on, for instance, June 30th or January 31st. If you ask me, it's not a really good idea. I mean, there has to be some logic behind it. Um, and I sometimes have a hard time seeing why people should choose a year that's not the calendar year. But in reality, like, I don't know, like 10% of the clients has like a different year. So, so let's assume that you have June 30th as your fiscal year. You're still allowed to have 18 months as your first fiscal year, like as a maximum. So we can use the same example where we start a company on July 1st, 2016. Then if we've decided that the fiscal year ends on June 30th, then we will have 12 months in the first fiscal year. So that means that our first year will finish on June 30th, 2017. So that will be the first fiscal year. Now it gets a little complicated because we still have these tax payments we need to do, these partial tax payments. So in the first year in 2016, in November 2016, you normally will not pay anything, it will just be zero. Then in 2017, there will be a partial payment in March. But even though that the year finishes on June 30th, 2017, the payment that you do in November 2017 will still count to be a payment that relates to your first fiscal year, even though it's actually paid after your fiscal year is finished. So the good thing with that is that you can actually avoid paying interest because you have at least a little time span to calculate the correct result, the correct revenue, and then from that calculate how much you need to pay in additional tax and then pay that in the last installment in November 2017. So at least I prefer doing like that. If you don't want to do that, then it will just be just like when you follow the calendar year that when the year is finished, so that would be June 30th, 2017, then you normally would have six months to submit your tax declaration. So you would need to file that on like I said, we have these like little strange rules at the moment, 1st of September. So normally you would have to file it six months after. That would be December 31st, 2017. Currently, that would not be the case. You would actually have until 1st of September, 2018. So that would be quite a long time to, to submit the tax declaration. But that's how it is at the moment. The rules can change. So you have to check on the internet like you can just google like deadline for submitting tax declaration or you can just call us and ask if you're not sure but for the time being you would have to submit the tax declaration on the 1st of September the following year which would be 2018. Once the tax declaration is submitted then exactly the same thing happens just like on the companies that follows the calendar year that you will receive a tax statement that will say how much your revenue is they will calculate the tax they will add some interest the interest by the way is around five percent changes a little sometimes 4.5 4.9 but around five percent is a good estimate then they will offset any initial payments you did 
So that's the two payments you did in March and in November, and then it will have a remaining tax to pay, or it could be a tax refund if you paid too much. So after you've paid this tax, then the money that's left, that's basically the revenue after tax, is something that you can either decide to keep in the company, it will increase your equity naturally, or you can decide to take it out as a dividend so the owner can take it out as a dividend. So now there is normally two typical setups. One is that you own the limited liability yourself, the limited liability company yourself, like so you're the main shareholder, the sole shareholder, or maybe you're a couple of friends or whatever that has it together. The other type of setup is if you have a company that owns the shares, so that would be a holding company, and there's like two different ways this can go down then. So if you have a revenue in your limited liability company and you want to transfer this revenue to your holding company, then you have to look at how many shares the holding company owns. If you own more than 10% of the shares in your company, then you are allowed to pay out a dividend. So the dividend will be the result after tax so you can pay out a dividend to the holding company and you don't need to pay tax on that if you own more than 10% of the shares. So why would you do that? Well, a smart thing is that by taking the revenue away from the company, then you also increase as a shareholder your safety, so to say, if something would go wrong, then the creditors in this company wouldn't be allowed to claim this money because the company has been paid out as a dividend to the holding company. So that's a good thing with it. Then the money would be in the holding company. You can use that for other things, other investments, or just have it as a, you know, like as a sum of money that, that is there for safety purposes, secured from suppliers. So that's why people pay it out as a dividend to a holding company. If you are the sole shareholder, you're also able to pay the dividend out to yourself. A shareholder normally has two ways of getting the money. Well, actually three if you count. Also, if he sends an invoice to the company, you can imagine that a shareholder might have his own sole priority company, and then he would send an invoice to the limited liability company and get paid that way. Another way is to be hired as an employee. So he would get a payslip from the limited liability company. That's also a way to get money out of the company. And the last way is to get a dividend. So you might ask, what's the difference? Why should I do, for instance, an invoice? Why should I get a payslip? Why should I get a dividend? It all depends on your own, on the tax that you're paying as a private person. So if you look at, for instance, the dividend, then the tax of the first, and this is 2016 amounts. So the tax on the first 50,600 Danish kroner is 27%. So that's the dividend tax, 27%. So that sounds pretty low. I mean, in Denmark, you normally pay 40, 50% in tax, depending on your income. But you have to keep in mind that this is after the company has paid tax. And since the company tax is 22%, then if you have to pay an additional 27%, then you're actually already paying 49%. And that's only on the 50,600. If you get more than 50,600, and this is again 2016 amounts, then you need to pay 42% in, in a dividend tax of the amount that is above the 50,600. And again, you already paid 22%. So now the tax is actually 
64%. So that's quite a lot, 64% in tax you're paying as a private person to get the money out of your limited company. So it's quite a lot. So if you want to do a dividend as the shareholder, the sole shareholder or whatever, if you have just a small share of, of some limited company, then consider maybe taking out the 50,600 as a dividend because the tax here is 49% in total, but only if your personal tax is higher than this. Let's say you have a very low income already as a private person and your tax might be, let's say, 40%, then it doesn't make sense to take out a dividend, right? Because the tax will be higher. The dividend tax will be higher than your personal tax. Then instead, it would be much better to take it out as a salary or to make an invoice as a sole proprietorship, for instance, that would, the tax would be lower. If you have like the top tax, we call it top scat, then your tax might be much, much higher than 49%. And then it would make sense to take a dividend at least of the first 50,600 because your tax would be lower. So again, so it depends a little on your, on your personal income, how big it is. There is also some special rules if you're married. If you're married, there are actually like a double uh, amount so that instead of the 50,600, the amounts are actually 101,200 instead. So that could also sometime increase the, how do I say, the benefit of taking out a dividend, at least on this first part, because the tax there is 49%. But again, it depends on your personal income, it depends on your personal tax. So yeah, so that was kind of, I think, what I wanted to say about the company tax and dividends. So to kind of like round it off, 22% in company tax. Zero in tax if you have a holding company and you pay out a dividend if you own more than 10% of the shares. If you own the shares yourself privately, then you could pay 27% of the first 50,600. Keep in mind that you already paid 22% in company tax. If you take more in dividend than the 50,600, then you would need to pay 42% in dividend tax. And again, keep in mind that you already paid the 22. So your total tax would be 64%. So yeah, so that was kind of a sum up. I hope it makes sense. If you have any questions, uh, feel free to email me. Uh, my email address is jonas at danieraccounting.com. You will find the email address somewhere here on the page you're looking at probably. Um, you're also welcome to give me a call if that's easier. My direct number is plus four five twenty six twenty seven seventy seven seventy seven. So thank you for listening. I hope that you learned something. Bye.